Thanks, Mark. Good to be with you this morning. I'm going to ask Anna to come up and read our text this morning as we continue in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We continue our series there. Love, would you read for us this morning? Which side do you want to read? Okay, this is Luke 2, um, 41 to 52. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and man. Amen. Thank you. What an interesting story. It's the one and only story of Jesus' boyhood in the Scriptures. And uh, we'll get to see it. But um, I wonder... There's, I want to start maybe with the story of some missionaries who were in South America and they were sharing the gospel with uh, people there and they were walking along and meeting people and asking them, you know, telling them the gospel. And they arrived to uh, a couple that they met and they said, excuse me, do you know Jesus? And they said, yes, yeah, he, we know him. He, if you go down the street, uh, 350 meters on the left, he lives there, and you can go and say hi. And they knew exactly where Jesus was. <laughs> Obviously, there's a misunderstanding of what they were meaning. Of course, uh, the, in this situation, Mary has lost Jesus. She's misplaced him, or Mary and Joseph don't know where Jesus is, um, and it takes them three days to find him. But I just wonder if, in your own life, if you've ever had that sense of not knowing where Jesus is. Have you ever, as it were, lost Jesus? If Jesus did go missing from your life, would you notice? (laughs) Would it be any different? Would you even know where to find him if he was missing? Now, before all the theologians get very angry about me saying Jesus is missing, I think when you start a sentence with Jesus is lost and I don't know where to find him, you're on very shaky ground if the first three words of your sentence are Jesus is lost. But this is kind of the story that we see in this first part, Jesus is lost. And his parents, they have this habit of going up to Jerusalem each year, they are Um, taking the chance to go up to the festival, the Passover festival. And it says it's their habit. They do it every year, their custom. They go there every year. And it says Jesus was just 12 years old, indicating that he was still a boy. In fact, uh, in verse 43, it says the boy Jesus. Um, The scripture calls him in this section a boy. And he's at this feast, 
and the, pair, the feast ends. So this is kind of the context. They're, they're there to enjoy, to continue to obey God's word. And the feast ends and they go home. And at the end of this feast, they are walking home and they kind of don't know where Jesus is. They are kind of searching for Jesus. At a, or at a certain point, they think, oh, I wonder if Jesus is still with us. I wonder if Jesus is here. And they didn't know that he was missing at first. They're just kind of walking along. And it's kind of like they've lost him in the normalness or the busyness of life. You know, their custom was to go to the feast. It was also their custom to go home, uh, to, at the end, you know, just to go back to normal life at the end of the celebration. And it says it was the end of the feast. And they've kind of just carried on, and, and Jesus is not with them. They don't realize that they've kind of left Jesus behind. And they lost him in the busyness of life. And while I'm sure you can... I understand that's probably happened to you before. We're not too dissimilar. We might kind of just carried on with things and we kind of, I wonder where Jesus is. Maybe you've never even met Jesus and you don't know where at all to find him at all. But for those of you who do know him, sometimes he can seem distant. We can seem like we've somehow misplaced him. And they didn't know where he was. I'm surprised at how often I lose sight of God in my normal daily activity, in my normal day-to-day business. Losing track of Jesus can be quite easy. And so verse 44 says, but supposing that he was with the group, and they're traveling back now, back to Nazareth in this big group, says they suppose he was with the group, this large probably family group, when they're walking back to their home in Nazareth, says we supposed he was with, they supposed he was with them. I wonder if you've ever done that, just carried on supposing Jesus is with you. I think, I don't, I'm not sure where Jesus is, but I'm going to carry on regardless. <laughs> I'm going to soldier on, you know, uh, it's like this soldier on mentality. Let's just keep going and hopefully something, you know, hopefully, hopefully he is there somewhere. Um, there was a story of a, of a minister who was asked, uh, posed a question about, something like this, Jesus has left the church, do you have any comment? And he said, well, yes, it's a bit of a blow, but uh, I think we'll just have to soldier on without him. (laughs) It's a joke, it's a joke. We're not going to soldier on without Jesus, but we can, in that sense, soldier on without him, and this is kind of what's happening. They go, he he must be here, surely, and they kind of soldier on without Jesus. As it turns out, Jesus is not lost at all. He's exactly where he ought to be. He's not moved. He, he doesn't get lost despite the sense that he's disappeared. Jesus is not lost. And it's been my experience that most often I f- when I feel like Jesus is lost, when maybe I think he's dropped the ball, maybe I think he's made a mistake, maybe I think his timing is wrong, maybe I think he hasn't done enough, he hasn't done enough miracles, Maybe I think he's given the wrong blessing to the wrong person. Maybe I think he's left a particular struggle unresolved. It's in my experience that Jesus is perfectly where he needs to be. He's not lost. <laughs> it's me who's lost sight of him. And this seems to be what's happening here. Mary's lost sight of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. They went a day, it says, without knowing. They went a whole day without knowing where Jesus was, assuming him to be with them. I wonder how long have you been assuming Jesus is with you? 
maybe one day. I think I can beat Mary. <laughs> Probably two days or three days or a week or a month. I'm sure in, in various points all of us have felt a sense where we don't know where Jesus is. And we've kind of lost track of him and soldiered on, just soldiered on without him. And I don't mean that Jesus is not omnipresent. He's everywhere, right? So I'm not saying you can soldier on without Jesus. Jesus can never leave you, he said. Jesus is always there. What I do mean is us putting our distance between us and him, us turning from him, pursuing other things. The story of the prodigal son who decided he didn't want to stay in the father's house, didn't want to remain, but he wanted to go and try something else. This is kind of the picture of what I mean when I say we've lost track of Jesus. It's not that he's disappeared or lost track of us. It's more that we are soldiering on without him. And so at a certain point, they realize that Jesus isn't there anymore. And I wonder if you've ever experienced that. We're soldiering on without him, and then at a certain point you realize, I think, I think I'm soldiering on without him. <laughs> and you kind of have to admit to yourself that you've done that. And this kind of moment of realization is happening, and they go, we need to find him. And so they begin to look for him. You know, I wonder what is the importance you place on searching for something? You know, it's normally equal to the value of that object. So if you lose your pencil, which I do on site, I'm a carpenter, I'm losing pencils. I think I have about 4,000 pencils. <laughs> and yet I never have a pencil when I'm working. It's like, oh, so I'll just take the apprentice's pencil or find another. <laughs> so if I lose a pencil, I don't care. I just grab a new one. There's no search. I'm just, I just grab the nearest one. We're not looking for that specific pencil. So very low, very low priority. You know, if you, if you lose your wallet, well, that's a little more serious. We have a look around until it, I'm sure it'll turn up. Give it a, you know, if you can't find an hour, maybe this afternoon or give it an hour. I'm sure we'll, we'll have a look for it. So it's a little more serious. If you lose your keys and you're at someone else's house and you start to, these need to be found now. I need to go home. I can't live here with these people. I don't, I'm not going to do this. We need to find these keys. It's, it's, it's urgent, all right? <laughs> Perhaps if you... Uh, lose your coffee, well, that's when you call the police, right? It's, it's, things are escalating fast. <laughs> but what do you do when you can't find Jesus? <laughs> how, how do you escalate things from there? Um, <laughs> what is your first idea when you can't find Jesus? Well, it says they began to search for him. The first place they search is among their relatives. They're looking, they, oh, he must be sort of where we thought he was. He must be here in the, amongst the relatives. My experience, I don't know your family, and I'm not, I hope my family's not listening to this, but most often, so uh, some of my family are here, <laughs> most often uh, Jesus is not always amongst your family. In fact, the opposite of Jesus is sometimes amongst your family. <laughs> don't look to the left or the right if you're sitting next to your family. They're searching around, where's, where's Jesus here amongst the relatives where, we, where he looked? And he may, not, he may well not be. He's not where they thought he would be. This is where they wanted him to be. They thought, no, no, surely Jesus is just tagging along with our agenda, 
with our plans, and he's not. They look for him, they search for him, they can't find him. Among the relatives, then they decide, it says, uh, I'm interested, it says they look for him, and then they did not find him, so they returned to Jerusalem. They go back to Jerusalem searching for him, and still they don't find him, which means what? They're not looking in the right place again. And so they're looking for Jesus. And probably where you might, the text doesn't say, but where might they have looked? Probably, I don't know, looking in the markets, looking in the playgrounds. He's just a boy. He must be there, surely. Um, Maybe he's uh, wandering around seeing the architectural sites, just enjoying Jerusalem, you know, good vibes. Checking out the various entertainment. You know, he's a Nazareth boy. He's not, not much to do there. A couple of, you know, maybe he's built a wooden car and he's got a wooden carriage. But now we're in the big city. And so he's, they're looking. Where, or maybe they're looking in all the places. Obviously, they are looking in all the places where Jesus isn't. And Jesus is not where often where we might think to find him. He's not in the busyness of the markets. He's not in their schedule and our schedule sometimes. He's certainly not amongst other guides. Maybe if you've never known Jesus, you might have looked for Jesus. Oh, he might be one of the options of all the gods that are out there. I will look for him there. Well, you won't find him there. He stands alone and separate to all other gods. He's the, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You cannot find Jesus when you look for him as an equal among the other gods. You will miss him. And so they miss Jesus looking through all these places. Jesus is not doing what they want him to do or being where they, where they want him to be. Perhaps you've lost Jesus in some of these places, in busyness, in entertainment, the big city, amongst your, even amongst your family. Perhaps someone gave you a prophecy that you were going to be famous and you thought Jesus was in that. Jesus doesn't do the things necessarily that we want him to do, or he doesn't. <laughs> They are searching for him. And yet this is a humble and gracious and good thing to be searching for Jesus. I highly recommend if you've lost track of Jesus searching for him. <laughs> We're not, probably not very good at it, and that's okay. Mary and Joseph seem not to be uh, straight away at knowing where to look. In fact, Jesus later on says to them, I'm astonished you didn't know where to look, or I'm, I'm surprised you didn't know where to find me. And that's okay. Sometimes we are like that. We kind of expect Jesus to be following us around. We expect him to be in our agendas, in our busyness, in our pursuits, and yet he's not. But yet he patiently waits for us. So after three days, they find him, it says, in the temple, in the temple, in God's house, in God's plan, in God's ways, in God's purposes, in God's business, they find Jesus in God's ways, in God's business, in God's house, the temple. And when his parents saw him, they were a bit astonished. What? You were, you were there. <laughs> they, were, they were a little astonished. And, and uh, sometimes I think we've, I've been surprised. Oh, God, you're not in all the places I thought you were, all the places I told you to be. Why weren't you walking home with me? <laughs> Jesus was elsewhere. And they were astonished. And they begin to complain a bit. They say, why did you treat me so, God? They got this complaint against Jesus. Mary says, why did you treat us? We, we've been worried sick about you. We've been stressed and confused. Maybe you've experienced some of that, where you can't understand what God is doing. You're a little confused, you're a little astonished about why God didn't do things the way you thought he would do them. 
They're astonished at what Jesus is doing. They even felt mistreated. Jesus had not done what they expected. Perhaps they thought that they were going to rescue him. Jesus is missing. I ought to say, I better help God with his agenda. Mary, the angel has said, you're going to have son Jesus raise him. You know, you. So Mary maybe thought, oh yeah, this is, I'm taking care of God's business here. I'm raising Jesus. And this kind of story God interrupts just to remind, I think, Mary in some way that he is the one who's in charge of things. He's the one running things. May God interrupt us when we're running our own things. May God interrupt us and remind us that he is running things. I think maybe the years had dulled her. You know, She'd been had this incredible encounter in the early parts of Luke where the angels appear. This is 12 years on. You know, She's just been raising Jesus. <laughs> and kind of, she kind of got into the normal, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in charge now. I'm carrying on. This is just normal. And God kind of interrupts her just to remind her, no, no, I'm the one who's running the show. May God interrupt us to remind us that he is sovereign. He is the ruler. We fit his plans and his agenda. He does not fit ours. It's a reasonable request, perhaps. Why have you done this, Jesus? And, and we feel mistreated. Verse 50 says they did not understand, even when he spoke back to them, when he explained it to them. They still didn't understand. And that's okay. Sometimes we cannot understand what God is doing and go, God, I, I don't understand this. And that's okay. God still graciously and kindly is making all things work together for good. He's still graciously and kindly making from your circumstances good things. Perhaps you don't understand what Jesus has done. Perhaps you don't understand that you didn't get what you expected from him. When they were searching for Jesus, I have a little hint which I give my children. If they're searching for something, I say, look for it in the last place you left it. Any, any parents here? <laughs> Hot, hot tip, <laughs> hot tip. Dad, where's my jumper? Wherever you put it, that's where it is. Right? <laughs> go, now go and find it. <laughs> I suspect that Jesus is often in the last place we left him. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's not left you, he can't do that. It's in the last place where you cease to rely on him and cease to trust him. That's probably most likely where he's waiting graciously for you. Where do you look? <laughs> Searching is good. Start at the last place you left him. Perhaps you thought you were a pretty big deal. Well, Jesus has continued on in lowliness. Perhaps you thought that you didn't need others. Jesus has continued on in community. Perhaps you thought that it was okay to mistreat others. Jesus has continued to serve others. Perhaps you thought you were right and others were wrong. Jesus has continued to cover a multitude of sins. Perhaps you thought that you took your way, it would take your ways instead of God's. Jesus has continued in all of God's ways. Perhaps you thought you would continue in bitterness and it was justifiable. 
God has continued, Jesus has continued with forgiveness. Perhaps you thought that he was one of the options amongst all the gods. Jesus continues as the one true God of the universe. Where was the last time you <laughs> left Jesus? Where did you depart from him? Start your search there. So is there any hope? Because <laughs> this is quite sad, right? <laughs> I think we've all, all probably done this, probably are currently in this in some way, where we've decided to go our own way. We've chosen something other than Jesus, and Jesus continues in his ways and graciously waits there. Hopefully, he's still waiting right at the point where we walked away from him in a sense, where we cease to trust him. He remains there, inviting us to come in to trust him afresh, to trust him again. And guess what? When we give him that mess, the mess of our lives, he is the one who makes all things new, makes them good again. He is the one who will take it and continue in the ways of God, continue in the goodness, continue in community, in forgiveness, in service of others, in lowliness, in goodness, in peace, in kindness. It is when we come to Jesus that we continue in these things. He is the hope for all these things. I'm not saying you can search for these things to find them out and restore them yourselves. I'm saying you need to find Jesus to restore these things. Where did you last leave him? Allow me some license with those ideas. Is there hope? Yes, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Truly, Jesus has done all things well. There is nothing that he is or has not done well. Come back, start your search. Come to him. Find where you last left him. And then where will he be? Where will Jesus be? He will be waiting for you, looking for you. Jesus said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Or the other trans- some of the other translations will render it about my Father's business. Did you not know I was going to be about my Father's business? I was going to be doing what the Father sent me here to do. The purpose for which he had called me. I can't believe you didn't know that I was going to be doing my father's business. The one thing we know about Jesus, that he will be doing the father's will. He will be about the father's business. He will be reconciling man back to God. That's what Jesus will be doing. Where, where will Jesus be? What will he be doing? He'll be doing the father's will. In fact, he came, he said, Father, here I am. I've come to do your will. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. At this Passover, he's sitting with the teachers, learning. Probably he's asking questions. Most likely he's learning about the Passover, the sacrifice that would be made. What was, what was the sacrifice all about? He's questioning. They're amazed by his knowledge. He's about learning about the Father's business. One day Jesus would set his face like flint back to Jerusalem, it says, and he would head towards Jerusalem knowing what he was going for, understanding he was going to the cross. He was about the Father's business. The Father's business included the cross for Jesus. Jesus was the one who was going to the cross to redeem humanity, to make right all that was wrong, to rescue us from all the places where we've left him, where we've walked away from him. And Jesus was about the Father's business. He would be doing the Father's will. And the Father's will included making all things right. You know, we cannot do the Father's will but praise God that Jesus did. 
He did the Father's will and he completed it perfectly so that we could rest in him. He's the one who completes God's will. And he sets his face towards the cross and goes to the cross to redeem us. Jesus is the one who completes God's will. And so when we come to him, it is he who makes all things new. He makes all things new. Jesus has done all things well. And they, verse 50, as we come towards the end of the text, verse 50 says, and they did not understand what he was saying to them. They did not understand. Even now, he said, I'm, I'm about my Father's will. I'm doing, what God, I'm doing the good things that God has prepared. I'm doing it for you even, but they still didn't understand. And we can forgive Mary and the family that because that is most often our own position. <laughs> I think we think we're so clever. Oh, God's will must be this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to carry on with these plans. And sometimes we find God is not in our agenda. God is doing something else, something much better. But thanks be to God who does all things well. Thanks be to Jesus who does all things well, despite us not knowing and not understanding. Isn't God good? I want to encourage you this morning, if you've ever felt (laughs) confused, lost, not sure where God is, you can come to Jesus. He is doing all things well. And sometimes you may not even fully understand. In fact, I almost guarantee it. But he is still doing all things well. May God graciously interrupt us this morning with a fresh vision of Jesus. He leads us in all of God's will. From there, the last verse is that Jesus went down with them into Nazareth. It says he followed them into Nazareth, and it says he submitted to them. It says, or he was submissive to them. Here is Jesus following Mary and Joseph back to Nazareth. I wonder if you can ponder that for a moment. Here's Jesus, the creator of all things, the one who has all authority in the heavens and the earth, the ruler and the king of all things, who needs no wisdom, who needs no no instruction, submitting himself to Mary and Joseph. That's a profound thought, how Jesus even submits himself to human authority of Mary and Joseph, his parents. how he trusted God. And he goes back, and there's a gap now of 18 years. We don't hear anything more really about the life of Jesus until his ministry begins. For 18 years, he submits to his parents. There's great freedom for us in submitting to things that uh, we even sometimes don't understand. I'm not saying we just blindly follow anyone or do anything, silly things like that. We have God's word. But even Jesus himself trusted God in submitting to his own parents, even though he was the king of the universe. So we can submit to what God is doing in our own lives, even when we don't understand. We can trust God. And it sort of emphasizes as well the beauty and normalcy of God's will, that even he went back to Nazareth. You know, it wasn't the big, I don't know, conference in Jerusalem. You ever been to a conference? (laughs) Great conference. He went back. He went from the highs of the conference back to the normal life. And you can see that God's will is not just the the glorious moments of the feast, but it's also in the everyday. And Jesus goes back and submits to his parents. Jesus was not rebelling. He was obeying. Jesus understood authority, and he was the obedient son. 
It is Jesus who does all things well. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're feeling that you've struggled and that in some ways you've separated yourself from God, he's never separated himself from you. This morning Jesus is interrupting you, inviting you to come to him. It is always better to choose Jesus and to trust him. And it's often not what we want to do or what we expect he should do. Jesus does all things well. He did his childhood well. He obeyed his parents well. He obeyed his father well. He forgave well. He forgave perfectly. He was about his father's business. He served others. He had humility. He, was also rule, he also rules well. He has perfect kindness, perfect patience, perfect love. He perfectly shepherds and cares for his church and his people. And he is perfectly holding all things together. God is good and we can come to him. We don't have to hold it together because Jesus is. And whenever we, whatever we bring to him, he will also make well because it says he does all things well. Whatever you bring to him, he will make well. Not easy, well. There's something in your life that you are experiencing that is not well. I want to invite you as we come to communion this morning to come to Jesus and let him do all things well in you. Let him do all things well in you. If you have never come to Jesus, maybe you haven't looked in the right place, you've not considered him to be who he is, the God of God's the King of Kings. I want to invite you, come to him this morning. Admit who he is. He will do all things well. And it's okay to admit you don't understand. You don't have to because he knows all things. He knows all things.